The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Dr. Victoria Bateman, Economics Fellow, University of Cambridge. She has written on economics, history, feminism, and she has a message for those who she wants to convey her uh, her body with. Just take a listen. From foot binding to female genital mutilation. From restrictions on women's ability to work to restrictions on their travel. What's the common factor behind all of those historic and current limitations on women's freedom across the world? One factor. The association of this, women's bodies, with sin. Something that results in society's desire to mutilate them, to cover them up, to keep them within the home, to restrict women's ability to work and travel. And how do we tackle that? Not by adding to it, but instead by challenging it. And how do we do that? With the simple message, my body, my choice. Okay, Dr. Victoria Bateman. Upon first notice, one's going to notice something. She's standing there naked. And it's not the most flattering video. She's got my body, my choice written across her. And she's basically trying to make the point that I am a female, hear me roar, look at my naked body. I should not be ashamed, even though I'm not exactly the most toned person in the world. I'm not exactly the most, uh, you know, sought after, hot piece of you know what. And one of the other things you'll notice is she's not a fan of the Norelco. She's, uh, there's a bit of hair. I mean, she's British. So it's not like she has any plans on getting a tan. No need for the Brazilian bikini body wax. You know, I mean, it's a jungle down there. There is no deforestation going on in the rainforest in the Southern Hemisphere. You know, I mean, she looks like a 70s porn star. I mean, she looks like she has Don King in a scissors hold. Very, very bushy. You're going to need one of those anti-toxic masculinity Gillette razors to bushwhack your way on through. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. But she's making this point about women and about how she's saying that people associate women's body with sin, especially a naked woman's body, which is interesting when you think of that because it's, it's kind of a bigger issue at hand here that most people wouldn't realize most people wouldn't get the nuance of this whole thing unless you really think about it from a biblical standpoint it's the same thing with the women fighting the patriarchy what is the real underlining fight it is the fight against christianity it is the fight against freedom built upon christianity now she brought in Christianity by saying that women's bodies being naked should never be associated with sin. 
And I'm not trying to get preachy here. I mean, I'm going to dabble a little bit in the word. You know, I'm going to bring up some biblical scripture, but it's because you have to think in terms of natural rights. Okay, the Constitution holds natural rights up and basically holds a barrier codified in law against what the government can step upon. So one of the, and, and it's built upon Christian, Judeo-Christian uh, values. That's what the, the United States government was founded upon, contrary to popular belief. There were some that were saying, now yeah, there's Muslims going all the way back to the founding of this nation, which no one has ever been able to figure that out. There aren't any. But what we have to look at is one of the things the left has done is they have fought against Christianity and what the Constitution is built upon, what the framers, the founders who took their faith, you know, they came from, most of them came from the European world to America for religious freedom because they were persecuted. And they found a country that they could then have the freedom to follow their faith as much as they possibly could. That was the freedom that they designed the Constitution upon. And it is British common law mixed with uh, Roman, Greco-Roman constitutional uh, uh, ideas, republicanism ideas, also uh, the Ten Commandments. All of these things were put into place and were hashed out and fleshed out over a period of time in such a tortured manner that they got the right mix of not only federalism versus a federal government, and federalism, I mean, what the state's rights are, what the municipality rights are, versus what should be encompassed in a federal bureaucracy. Federal bureaucracy was supposed to be very limited, but it was still there because under the Articles of uh, you know, in Confederation, it was too federalized. As far as, to, as far as states' rights go. There was too much federalism to the point where there was no binding, cohesive unit to bring it all together. That doesn't mean the binding, cohesive unit should oversee everything. But the left cannot let that go. They despise Christianity. They want to attack anything that has any sort of Christian basis. And so what they've done is they spent a lot of time removing what is centered on morality? You know, Ten Commandments, uh, you know, things that we built our judicial system upon. All of that has to be removed. And now when it comes back that removing those things, not a good idea. We have to find a way to re-inject it with a different focus. It's still some sort of moral standard, but it's the moral standard of the left, which has no standard, which means it's subjective. It moves all the time. The goalposts move around. The standards go up and down, left and right, sometimes out the window when it's politically expedient. Sometimes it's re-injected when it's an attack on its political enemies. The blackface thing is a great example. The Me Too thing with Lieutenant uh, Governor Fairfax here in Virginia. Those things are prime examples. You know, we're going to use sexual harassment and sexual impropriety as a battering ram. We are going to be the new Puritans and destroy your life if you are an incoming Supreme Court justice, Kavanaugh much, and we're going to do this 
because we want to destroy you and your character in the public realm so that we can eliminate you. But then we're going to turn around and throw all that out the window when it comes down to one of our guys being in elected position and showing our hypocrisy in how things are being handled in that situation. So same thing goes back to Dr. Victoria Bateman. She talks about how the women's body was considered sinful. So I guess she's going to go out there and re-inject morality by going, hey, look at me, I'm naked. I've got big old bush down here. I got the freaking Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle of Jackson 5 Afros down here, and I'm going to write my body, my choice, so I get to do whatever I want to because I'm the woman. This is a twofold prong approach against Christianity. It's first the morality that came into place from the fall of man, and it's also an attack on the patriarchy, which was also ordered after sin was ushered into the world. You know, back in Genesis 3, it says both of them knew the things that they have never known before when they took a bite of, you know, the, the forbidden fruit, the fruit of good and evil. They were now brought into a frame of mind that didn't exist before. They didn't know sin. They didn't know pain. They didn't know uh, evil. And it said they realized they were naked at that point. They knew shame. They sewed fig leaves together and made clothes for themselves. And then the man and the woman heard the Lord of God walking in the garden. It was the coolest time of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the garden. But the Lord called out, where are you? I heard you in the garden, said the man answered. I was afraid, so, and I was naked, so I hid. So they had shame brought in with the naked body. That is why shame is something that is inherent in all of us as far as nakedness goes. Yeah, we're born naked. And some people over time get to a place where they're fine being naked whenever they want. Exhibitionist, whatever. But generally on the whole, there is a tiny bit of nagging sense that goes, ooh, I'm naked. You know, the first time somebody's naked in a locker room, you're probably, you know, you're coherent to the fact that you are naked. And so for them to say, well, I'm out here and look, it's my body and we should not... It, that sin was brought into the world, and it's not sinful to be naked, but there is a shame of nakedness because of the ability at that point to understand certain things that were not understood before. And that gets into the patriarchy issue. That gets into the fact that women are out there talking about, oh, patriarchy needs to be destroyed. We need to tear down what men, uh, you know, the order of gender. See, when Eve was brought into existence, Eve was brought from Adam's rib, the only creature not made of the dust of the earth, based on the Bible. Made as a companion, made as a yin to the yang. Well, not maybe not yin to the yang, not the best analogy. Made as a cohort, made as a puzzle piece put together to complete each other. And... That's one of the things that people don't realize is that order was established before the fall of man, but the order of what the roles of genders are and what are considered, you know, disgusting by the left are orders that were put in place after they disobeyed God. You know, it basically, they get into, well, the Bible gets into how the serpent tricked him and how the serpent was cursed. And then the Lord God said to the women, or to the woman, I will greatly increase your pain when you give birth. You will be in pain when you have children. You will long for your husband. 
and he will rule over you. And then the Lord God said to Adam, you listened to your wife. You ate the fruit that I commanded you uh, not to. And you must not eat its fruits. And you went about it and did it anyway. So I am going to put a curse on the ground because of what you did. All of the days of your life, you will have to work hard to get food from the ground. You will eat the plants of the field. And even though the ground produces thorns and thistles, you will have to work hard and sweat a lot to produce the food you eat. You are made out of the ground. You will return to it. And then God made clothes out of the animal skins. That was the first sacrifice. The first death in the Bible was the sacrificial animal who Adam named. And it became their first bit of clothing. So you're looking at the patriarchy. You're looking at the fact that everything was provided to them food-wise, sustenance. And now one of the curses is Adam's going to have to work for it. One of the other curses is childbirth is going to be painful. The other curse is the male is going to rule over the female. That, that doesn't mean that it should always be that way. That doesn't mean we go around saying, oh, we're men. We have to be the powerful one and we have to reside, preside over women and we have to be the authority. That's not the case. But they are saying that that order is put in place because of the fall. And the patriarchy loves to rail against that because the real fight is not against men in the workplace and men's dominance. It is the destruction of Christianity and its influence in the creation of America. We're going to get into a little bit more, especially when we get into the uh, separation of church and state fallacy and what it really means, because it's not in the Constitution. It's a letter that Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist and why it's important and how certain politicians are now requiring some sort of litmus test to say, hey, if you have a, if you have a specific uh, faith that you center your life on, you may not be ready, you may not be allowable for public office, which goes against all of that. Our sponsor for this portion of the program is Tar River Arms. Let's celebrate your Second Amendment rights. Go purchase some new firearms through America's first virtual gun store, Tar River Arms. They make it much easier to purchase a firearm online. And how do they do this? They do this by providing 3D interactive experiences to view and inspect any of the weapons you wish to purchase. No need to go into a brick-or-mortar store and deal with pushy salespeople. Tarn River Arms is veteran-owned, veteran-run. They have great guns, great prices, great services, and they have weekly specials that eliminate shipping and broker fees. Your order, your pickup, no additional fees. Tar River Arms. Go to tarriverarms.com for details. So we have Dr. Victoria Bateman standing there, naked to the world, giant bush and all, Written on her, my body, my choice. And, of course, this is the same choice that the left is trying to expand so that when the baby comes out the birth canal, you can just execute the baby right off the bat. And she's trying to say, well, you know, I'm just trying to show that the women's body isn't sinful, being naked, which I don't think it is, but there is a Christian element behind why there is the need for people to be clothed on a regular day basis. You know, we're not all rolling into the, into the office nude. 
I mean, I mean, some people can. Some people can go to the nude beach. Some people can go to the nude, uh, the nudist colony. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, the guy in you goes, oh, man, nudist colony. I bet it's like Kate Upton out there playing volleyball. And then when you actually see footage of it, it's like Don Rickles and Rosie O'Donnell shuffleboarding, just fat flab hanging and loose skin. And ah, it's horrible. It's, it's awful. And see, what we're looking at is when they get into this whole my body, my choice thing, you know, Governor Northam, Mr. Uh, Mammy, Mammy, are you okay? Are you okay, Mammy? You know, apparently he put on the black face because he wanted to be uh, like Michael Jackson, although he looked like Homie the Clown with the giant bow tie and the, and the flower and the plaid pants. But, you know, Homie don't play that, and now he is paying the price for it in the news. But he was fine with infanticide. New York and, uh, and Governor Cuomo is fine with infanticide. And apparently the left wants to push that with some of their tastemakers, some of their influence makers, and push this agenda with the further bit of propulsion. And, you know, the left is filled with just, you know, credible, non-hypocritical people. It's not like we don't have a fake Native American running for office who basically put on her bar uh, registration that she's Native American and accepted all the perks of that. It's not as though we don't have a fake Hispanic Irishman who ran for Senate who's out there rallying at the Trump campaigns talking about but walls don't save people walls hurt people except for except for the walls that are in your house unless an F4 tornado comes through and those walls might fall on you then you need to get to that interior room in your house where the interior walls they're a-okay but see that's the thing with uh, people like Beto O'Rourke and Elizabeth Warren you've got uh, fake economics majors like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who is out there basically giving us these green new deals about how every single building in the country should be refurbished and we should get rid of airplanes and combustible engines and try getting rid of farting cows while we give free college and free health care to everybody. Oh, and we'll give you an allowance called universal basic income. We have fake Catholics like Nancy Pelosi. She has a special word from the Bible that she would like to share. Or maybe it's not from the Bible. We don't know where this word comes from, but she, but it's important. She quotes it all the time and she wants to share it with you. challenge is there both to respond positively, but not to respond negatively. And I can't find it in the Bible, but I use, I quote it all the time. And I keep reading and reading the Bible. I know it's there someplace. It's supposed to be in Isaiah. But I heard Bishop say, um, to minister to the needs of God's creation is an act of worship. To ignore those needs is to dishonor the God who made us. It's there somewhere in some words or another, but certainly the spirit of it is there and that we all have a responsibility to act upon our beliefs and the dignity and worth of every person. Ah, yes, Nancy Pelosi bringing us the word. That was from the book of Pandering. First Pandering, chapter 6, verses 66. Yeah. But then we have, not only do we have the fake Native American, the fake Hispanic, the fake Catholic, the fake economic major, we also have the fake science guy, Bill Nye, who is the mechanical engineer who's going to talk down to us about... um. 
women's rights and, uh, and choice and abortion. If you're going to say <clears throat> when an egg is fertilized, it's therefore all, has the same rights as an individual, then who are you going to sue? whom are you going to sue? Whom are you going to imprison? Every woman who's had a fertilized egg pass through her? Every guy whose sperm has fertilized an egg and then it didn't become a human? Have all these people failed you? Uh, it's just a reflection of a deep scientific lack of understanding. And uh, you, you, you literally or you apparently literally don't know what you're talking about. And so uh, uh, when it comes to women's rights with respect to their reproduction, I think you should leave it to women. It's really, uh, you cannot help but notice. I mean, I'm not the first guy to observe this. You have a lot of men of European descent passing these extraordinary laws based on ignorance. I'm I, sorry, you guys. I know it was written, or your interpretation of a book written 5,000 5, years ago, uh, 50 centuries ago, makes you think that when a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they always have a baby. That's wrong. And so to pass laws based on that belief is inconsistent with nature. I mean, it's hard not to get frustrated with this, everybody. Uh, and I know it, nobody likes abortion, okay? But you can't tell somebody what to do. I mean, she has rights over this, especially if she doesn't like the guy that got her pregnant. Like she doesn't want anything to do with your genes. Get over it, especially if she were raped and all this. So uh, it's very frustrating on the, on the outside, on the other side. Uh, we have so many more important things to be dealing with. We have so many more problems to squander resources on this argument based on bad science, on just lack of understanding. Oh, yeah. Bill Nye, the mechanical engineer guy and the leftist torchbearer for anything science related. This is how they push their agendas with this idiot who's not even cool, but apparently he's got some credibility going back to the 80s and 90s. I only wish we can reanimate Mr. Wizard so Mr. Wizard could use some MacGyver-style science methods to beat the living dog crap out of Bill Nye and maybe take his place. Mr. Wizard always had more reasonable sense than Bill Nye. But Bill Nye is going to tell us that he thinks, oh, well, you know, those crazy Christians, those pro-lifers, they think every time you have sex that you uh, should have a baby, which is, I don't know who's saying that. I mean, there's, you know, there's things like um, those who can't have babies. There's things like uh, miscarriages. I mean, I don't know what this guy's on, but he's basically making the case for, hey, don't square up with a rubber. You know, you can go in raw dog, and then at the same time, you can also do it with whoever you want. We shouldn't penalize you know, Obama's daughter with a baby. We shouldn't penalize a woman for hooking up with somebody she doesn't like and getting knocked up with a baby. Thank you, Bill Nye. Listen to his rambling come off the rails, too. It's like at a certain point, he's kind of run out of logic, uh, reasoning. He's even run out of his own BS. 
And he sits there and goes, I, and uh, what, man, I, and he's just lost in his own thought, and he can't even put sentences together. And this is what we're dealing with. Realize when I'm talking about an attack on Christianity by the left, I'm not doing it because I'm trying to do this for some, you know, charge of leading the gospel along and making everybody a Christian. I'm saying it's also a two-pronged approach. It's an attack on the founding of this nation, the fundamental founding and bedrock principles of what keeps the Constitution in line from allowing the government to overstep their bounds and take on your natural rights, to infringe upon your natural rights. That is why there is such an attack on it. You don't see it towards Islam, but you do see it towards the Jews, right, Ilhan Omar? By the way, don't forget to find me on social media, on Twitter, at Rants Out Loud, at Adrian Slade Show, the official Adrian Slade Show Twitter account. Also find me on Parler, Gab, Convo, MeWe, Snippy. Just search Adrian Slade and you can follow me on all those social media sites. Back in just a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. The left is about replacing anything that has a Christian background, a Christian foundation with their own morality. You know, just like we were talking about with the patriarchy and the roles of gender and how that is one of the reasons why they are lashing out in such a manner as they have been. I mean, really, is there are, are women not allowed to vote? Just ask yourself that. Do women not have high-paying jobs, CEO gigs? I mean, are we not talking about in uh, Davos, you know, the big economic summit where it was nothing but the most powerful women on the board for this? I mean, they're basically pushing this lie that women are not treated equally, at least in America, even though on a daily basis you see that they are. In fact, sometimes even favored as such. And so there's this fight against the patriarchy, and that's actually more a fight against Christianity and the fundamental founding of America. And they're also pushing that with, you know, the whole my body, my choice. I'm out here because, you know, she's actually been making the rounds. Dr. Victoria uh, Bateman, she's all over the place. She was on Good Morning Britain. She's doing a TED Talk where she's just standing there full frontal bush and all. And you know what? We're supposed to act like that's all grassroots. Oh, she, she's making the conversation. She's having an impact. No, no, that's all contrived. Nice timing. There's a lot that goes into it as far as uh, scheduling and arrangements and rollout. It's all marketing. But we have to look at, they have done this on so many levels. They've done it with, with business ethics. Every time you take a course in business, there is some sort of ethics course you have to take in order to replace the fact that they've decided to remove any sort of biblical ethics, which were the best ethics. That's what they've done with removing the Ten Commandments from courthouses. So they found that when they have, repla- when they have removed all of these things that were more ethical than your typical ethics class, because in ethics it's what's legal versus what's ethical. So you're supposed to take it upon yourself to go, well, yeah, it's not legal, so I, or it is legal, but I shouldn't do that because even though it's legal, it's not cool to do. And I wouldn't be a good person if I did it. Well, 
All of that is biblical. And they've removed that. And now they're like, oh, crap. Well, now we got to get back into replacing it all. And so if you think about it from the separation of church and state angle, that's, that's the angle they push to remove all of this. But you think about the fact that that's not in the Constitution. Jefferson was writing this to the Danbury Baptist. Think about early America. The Quakers settled. The Pilgrims settled. Many of these made up the governments of those localities. And so what they're doing here is they're basically saying, Jefferson is saying to the Danbury Baptist, hey, even though in the case of take like the Pilgrims, well, you can, you can have an elected position as a citizen, even though you're not a pilgrim. You know, most of those colonies basically made up the governing municipality, and then they only elected those from that religious faith. So that was what they were trying to say, is not an establishment of a, of a government religion. And really, if you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, they have replaced all religions with one government religion, that religion being atheism, that religion being the rejection of any deity. And if you, imp- if you infringe upon that, you pay a huge price. You know, you're either going to have to bake the cake bigot. You're going to have to uh, sign the gay marriage certificate like Kim Davis did, even though she went out and said, hey, uh, my faith doesn't allow me to do this. All of those things we now have to back down from and give way because, you know, whether or not it's those who reject religion or maybe they just focus on rejecting the Christian faith or it's, you know, the rainbow jihad activist the LGBTQ battalion who's going to use government to snipe anyone of faith, they will do so, but they will back it on the fact that the government should have zero faith. Well, what fills that, what fills that void? What fills that vacuum? Ah, uh, that would be atheism, basically. And we have presidential candidates Those, I mean, do you think Bernie Sanders isn't running? He is. Do you think Cory Booker, who has already decided he is going to run, do you think he has uh, a soft spot for Christianity? Listen to Bernie Sanders. Basically what they're saying is, if you have faith, you shouldn't be allowed to hold public office. In the piece that I referred to that you wrote for a publication called Resurgent, you wrote, Muslim, quote, Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. They do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned. End of quote. Do you believe, do you believe that that statement is Islamophobic? Absolutely not, Senator. I'm a Christian, and I believe in a Christian set of principles based on my faith. Uh, that post, as I stated in the questionnaire to this committee, was to defend my alma mater, Wheaton College, a Christian school that has a statement of faith that includes the centrality of Jesus Christ for salvation. And again, I apologize. I do forgive me. I, we just don't have a lot of time. Do you believe that people in the Muslim religion stand condemned? Is that your view? Again, Senator, I'm a Christian and I wrote that piece. Well, what does that say? The statement of faith. Of Wheaton. I understand College. that. I don't know how many Muslims there are in America. I really don't know. Probably a couple of million. Are you suggesting that all of those people stand condemned? What about Jews? They stand condemned too? Senator, I'm a Christian, 
I, I understand you are a Christian, but this country is made up of people who are not just. I understand that Christianity is the majority religion, but there are other people who have different religions in this country and around the world. In your judgment, do you think that people who are not Christians are going to be condemned? Thank you for probing on that question. As a Christian, I believe that all individuals are made in the image of God and are worthy of dignity and respect regardless of their religious beliefs. I believe that, that as a Christian, that's how I should treat all individuals. And do you think your statement that you put into that publication, they do not know God because they've rejected Jesus Christ the Son and they stand condemned, do you think that's respectful of other religions? Senator, I wrote a post based on being a Christian and attending a Christian school that has a statement of faith that speaks clearly with regard to the centrality of Jesus Christ in salvation. Yeah, Bernie Sanders, he's got a big issue with whether or not your faith guides your principles in the background. That doesn't mean you're being bigoted. Here's Cory Booker on Mike Pompeo and his views on Muslims and even homosexuality. Left, because I, I do want to give you a chance to speak about your comments on gay and lesbians. You said in a speech that uh, mourning in America that endorses perversion and calls it an alternative lifestyle, those are your words, is being gay a perversion? Senator, I, 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 when I was a politician, I had a very clear view on uh, whether it was appropriate for two same-sex persons to marry. I stand by that. So, you, so it's, you do not believe it's appropriate for two gay people to marry? Senator, I continue to hold that view. It's the same view. And so people in the State Department, I met some in Africa, that are married under your leadership, you do not believe that that should be allowed? Senator, I, I, we have, I, I believe it's the case, we have married uh, gay couples at the CIA, you should know. I treated them with the exact same set of rights. You believe, that, same you believe that gay sex is a perversion? Yes or no? Senator, if I, if I can, if you Yes or no, sir. Moment, if do you believe that gay sex is a perversion? Because that's what you said here Senator, in one my, of your speeches. Yes or no, do you believe gay sex is a perversion? Senator, I, I, I'm going to give you the same answer I just gave you previously. My, my respect for every individual regardless of their sexual orientation, it's the same. So I will and conclude will by so saying, if you, I'm I, I will conclude by saying, sir, you're going to be Secretary of State of the United States at a time that we have an increase in hate speech and hate actions against Jewish Americans, Muslim Americans, Indian Americans. Uh, hate acts are on the increase in our nation. You're going to be representing this country and their values abroad in nations where gay, and, gay uh, individuals are under untold persecution, untold violence. Uh, your views do matter. You're going to be dealing with Muslim states and on Muslim issues. Uh, and I do not necessarily concur that you are performing the values of our nation when you can't even, when you believe that there are people in our country that are, are, are perverse and where you think that you create different categories of Americans and their obligations when it comes to uh, condemning uh, of violence. Uh, so uh, I'll have another round, but thank you. And Cory Booker goes on a little bit further when he's grilling a judge up for confirmation. You know, Senator, I think, you know, civil rights and equal protection of the laws are two essential values in our system. And if I were to be confirmed as a judge, I would, I would firmly uphold that. Have you ever had uh, an LGBTQ uh, law clerk? Um, I've not been a judge, so I don't have any law clerks. I'm uh, sorry, working someone working for you. Um, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I don't know the sexual orientation of my, my staff. Um, 
So, I, I, you know, I, I take people as they come, you know, irrespective of their race, ethnicity, sexual orientation. I, I treat people as individuals. Um, those are the values that I grew up with, um, you know, and those are the values I would apply if confirmed. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Now, none of these people give a flying F. One, They do not give one iota of the sexual preference of the people that Spartacus out there is worried about. Cory Booker. They don't care about the sexual preference. Cory Booker does. He makes it a point in every single opportunity that he has. And in fact, he's going to go out and uh, support any of the movements, any of the parades, the gay pride parades, and he's going to be vocal and be the proponent to back him. Hello, everybody. Okay, here we go again. The head right. of Garden State Pride. I cannot thank you enough uh, for, for uh, uh, this uh, celebration today, helping to organize this. This is uh, inspiring to me. Thank you for being the kind of leader you are. Well, you know, Corey, we're on the ground doing the work, and you're always here with us, so we really appreciate it. We're so happy here at Garden State Equality to have you standing with us every single day. No, thank you. And, and the, 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 literally, you're champions of justice. You're one of my favorite leaders in America. The fight that you do. Uh, and we have a lot of, lot of, we've made a lot of progress. We have a lot of work to do, right? Hello! We have a lot of work to do, and I just want to thank you because today we're celebrating love, we're celebrating inclusion, we're celebrating the need for justice in our country, and uh, this is the kind of work you do every day. There's never been a more important time for people to come out. So, you know, come out today in New Jersey and join Corey every single day down in D.C. fighting for our rights. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Now, who's this guy over here to the left? Hey, how are you? Partner Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, you are you are in the United States military, yes? Yes, I'm a Marine. In the Mar Marine, uh, celebrating life, celebrating equality, uh, celebrating liberty, and I'm here supporting my spouse. So happy to be here. Last year I wasn't able to be here for due to training, so it's a pleasure. Thank you for being here this okay. year. Thank you for your service to our Thank country. You, Thank it. you for your service to our country as well. Thank uh, you. God bless America. Let's make sure that we continue to be, and even more so, boldly, proudly in the future, a land of liberty and justice for all. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Now, I don't really care who you sleep with, you know, who you hook up with, what you do on your off time. I just think it's funny because they keep talking about how Cory Booker, he is this bachelor. Oh, yeah, he's going to be the first single guy who's going to be a president if he's elected. Never mind Buchanan. Never mind, uh, what's his name, in the uh, Garfield. We're going to overlook that. I mean, Buchanan was kind of questionable. But here's the thing with Cory Booker. He's obviously got an agenda. He obviously wants to help the LGBTQRS community, whatever, whatever the heck it's called these days. And is it because he's trying to push for more voters on his side or does he have a personal stake in it? Now, like I said, you know, their media is going to run cover for him and say, oh, look, he's got a girlfriend. He's got a significant other. Oh, yeah, you probably haven't met her. She's from Canada. So, yeah, you wouldn't know her. So we have to realize that that's what's on the march with the left. And the things that they're pushing, they want to destroy anything that this nation was founded on. Now, happy anniversary earlier this week for Ahmed, Nir, Saeed, Elmai, and Ilhan Omar. Yeah, they're brother and sister. Yeah, yeah, they're celebrating their anniversary. Um, also, Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Harris, she's in a little bit of a pickle because she basically said, oh, yeah, used to smoke weed back in the day. She was on The Breakfast Club. Oh, 
What did you listen to while y'all were getting high? Oh, we were listening to some Tupac. We were listening to some Snoop Doggy Dog. You know, the D.O. Double Jizzle. No, neither one of them had produced the first album by the time she graduated. So, you know, she did a little pandering there. It's almost like uh, Klobuchar. You know, she's the one out there who is running from Minnesota. I think she was from Minnesota. Um, The one who had her (laughs) announcement, and she heavily based it on climate change and global warming in the middle of the snow. Um, The one who is known for throwing binders and having a huge temper with her staff. Yeah, she... um, I heard she actually did PCP. She came out and said, oh, yeah, I did PCP. We were all doing it. And uh, I used to, man, you should see the staplers and binders I could throw. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) With the quickness. Yeah, we used to listen to some whip, some silento back in the dorm. Not really. I'm just making that up. But that's as ridiculous as this this all gets. And all of these candidates, Cory Booker out there, you know, attacking Christians, uh, Kamala Harris out there talking about how she's smoking weed, and you got uh, Kirsten Gillibrand out there picking up Ivanka Trump's mantle of free paid family leave and running with it. So now we don't know whose side is who. But can we stop with the promises of Santa Claus giveaways? I mean, we are at $22 trillion in spending. So if we're going to spend money like drunken frat boys at a strip club, we probably need to be more mindful about where we're spending all this money. You know, green new deals and and getting rid of planes for light rail or high-speed rail trains. And we need to start thinking about how does that, how should that money be spent? Maybe you need to do that in your own life. Do you manage your own investments? It's not easy. Save yourself the time and trouble. Contact Era Capital Management today. They'll provide you with a free portfolio assessment. Your life, your era, invest it. Era Capital Management LLC is a registered investment advisor investing in securities involving the risk of loss. Visit eracapitalmanagement.com or call 509-559-6229. That's 509-559-6229. That's eracapitalmanagement.com. So let's switch gears a bit. Let's talk about turd polishing and taint fluffing. Seriously. This is what I call uh, the media spin. Because with the Green New Deal, I mean, when it came out, I mean, think about the rollout. Think about this. If one of your first pieces of legislation as a newly elected representative like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if your rollout, your first submission was littered with typos. And then on top of typos, there was references to the existential threat of cow farts and the elimination of all airplanes. You sound like you have the insane ramblings of a lunatic who was just let free in the congressional chamber. I mean, yeah, you're going to roll up like a high school kid. Hey, I've got my thesis. I want to turn this into law. Here's my resolution. We got to get rid of cow farts and airplanes and make every building green. Good luck on that. 
And what's funny is Cocaine Mitch, Mitch McConnell, he's out there. He's going to hold their feet to the fire. This is what Mitch McConnell had to say about the Green New Deal. He's basically calling their BS, calling their bluff. Uh, Let me say, first of all, however, I've noted with great interest the Green New Deal. And we're going to be voting on that in the Senate. We'll give everybody an opportunity to go on record and uh, see how they feel about the Green uh, New Deal. Oh, Mitch, cocaine Mitch going to keep their feet to the flames on this one. And it, because it's completely ridiculous. But the new Green apologist or the New Deal apologist, uh, the Green New Deal, you know, this is one of the biggest turd polishings of a failed idea I've seen in my entire life. And that includes American foreign policy. Basically, what they're doing is you've got people out there Cocaine Mitch is going to allow a vote on the floor and they're all saying, look, he's trying to sabotage it. Oh my gosh. Um, not really. He's actually giving you the opportunity to have it listened to and <laughs> have it defended. But, you know, they're all out there complaining about how, oh, the frequently asked questions. That was actually leaked by a Republican and that was something that was, uh, yeah, they were kind of joking. Alexandria Cortez, she thought it was funny too, and she laughed about it, and so she made joke. No, she clearly wanted this to be a resolution that she is pushing. All the presidential candidates on the left are, pa- are backing it, and all of the craziness of the left is coalescing, we- coalescing around it, whether it's the media, whether it's uh, pundits, whether it's, elected officials on the left. This is what they're backing. In fact, listen to this one individual on Tucker Carlson. He's a Rutgers professor, and he's backing this ridiculous idea as well. Hey, people who are, quote, unwilling to work. Uh, I we, we never would, right? And, and AOC has never said anything like that, right? I think you're referring to some sort of a document that some, I think some doctored document that somebody other than us has been circulating. Oh, I thought that came right from her. That was in the background or from her office is my understanding. No, no. She's actually tweeted it out to laugh at it. If you look at her latest tweets, it seems that apparently some Republicans have put it out there. I don't know the oh, well, details. Good. Well, then, then thank you for correcting me. I mean, because yeah. it seemed a little ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as the idea that we're going to build enough light rail to make airplanes unnecessary, which I think actually is from. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know where you got that either, Tucker. I, I actually believe that you're actually on our side about this. If you actually read the actual plan, right? There's nothing about well, getting I rid have. of anything. It's about expanding menu options, right? I mean, there are many, many things we want to be able to do now in addition to what we already do. So, what's, so where's the airplane disappearance coming from? I'm not really clear on where that um, originated. Well, I can actually get it for you. This is that would be great. Uh, frequently asked questions that. released by her office. And I'm quoting from it. And yeah, maybe yeah. this maybe this is fraudulent, in which case I hope you'll correct me. Mm-hmm. But it says that the Green New Deal would, and I'm quoting, totally overhaul transportation. And that would mean, quote, building out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel would stop becoming necessary. Hawaii Senator, Hawaii Senator a, Maisie Hirono respond to that by saying mm-hmm. that would be hard for Hawaii. So I don't think that's made up. The but, senator from no, Hawaii. No, no, no. But, but I mean, it, it, it apparently is being misunderstood, right? We're really talking about expanding optionality here. We're not talking about getting rid of anything, right? We're talking about basically making it cost-effective to move into more modern forms of technology. More- and then you've got a presidential candidate like Cory Booker out there 
who is basically equivocating all of this pie-in-the-sky, insane, Green New Deal BS with going to the freaking moon. Our planet is in peril, and we need to be bold. It's one of the reasons why I signed on to the resolution and co-sponsored the resolution for the Green New Deal. And there's a lot of people now that are blowing back on the Green New Deal. They're like, oh, it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's all of this. If we used to govern our dreams that way, we would have never gone to the moon. God, that's impractical. Is that ball in the sky? That's impractical. We've still been riding bicycles. We, we, we are a nation that has done impossible things before. And my parents taught me, reach for the, reach for the moon. Reach for the stars. And even if you come up short, at least you're going to be hovering above the ground and be soaring, young man. And so we need to be bold again in America. We need to have dreams that other people say are impossible. We need to push the bounds of human potential. Because that is our history. And when the planet has been in peril in the past, who came forward to save Earth from the scourge of, of Nazis, totalitarian regimes? We came forward. Who came forward to save the planet from, or, or, or continents from financial ruin? We came forward with the Marshall Plan. Our history is standing up and saying, look, humanity is in crisis. America is going to be light and the hope. Old Cory Booker talking about the moon. You know what's even funny about that whole statement? His passion is the fact that he's not even talking about funding the wall. He's talking about funding that's going to be put towards something that gets rid of airplanes and redoes the buildings all across America. Every single freaking building is going to be refitted with green energy garbage. And then he's going to get rid of the combustion, the combustion engine. And we're going to get rid of airplanes. And that gets more passion than the little bit of funding it is to secure our southern border. And then he gets up there with that smug, you know, Matt Foley kind of, are you on the right track? You know, he gets that, he sounds like that guy um, um, from, uh, from Mad TV who is the gym coach who's, I am so worked up, and he's full of it. He's obviously not that worked up about it, but he's playing the part of the guy filled with outrage. You know, I'm the, I'm the guy who's standing up here with all of the, of the right moral stances. And, you know, we have to look at the fact that this is a push by the left to economically cripple the United States and put us on a level that is similar to those in third world countries so that we can be in a global union by 2030. For some reason, everything coalesces around 2030. You know, the left... This is what they did in the beginning. The left will fist you with their policies and they won't care. And then they won't even take your number down. They won't pay your tab. They won't even make you breakfast in the morning before they kick you out while you're getting dressed and you invited them into your house. They're kicking you out of your house. And remember, all of this comes back from the genesis of what happened with the Democrat Party when Barack Obama took control when they pushed Hillary Clinton out of the way. Communism has already has always been around the Democrat Party for decades and centuries. Actually, the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, around the Bolshevik Revolution, communism always aligned itself with the Democrat Party. But now when they shoved Hillary Clinton out of the way and Obama came in there with his ideology, they embraced it. 
And then we had eight years of it to settle in the cultural norm. It was eight years of giving them the steering wheel, allowing them to manifest their ideology and you'd be, and it'd be implemented by somebody who was insulated from it, like Obama. He used identity politics to insulate himself. He used media taint fluffery, the media spin, softball reporting, zero scrutiny by the media for eight years. That's what he did to allow these, these things to be implemented. And basically what we looked at is when that happened, it was all taken away when the DNC was left financially broke when Obama's policies and his ideology and the ideology of the communist left scarred and damaged the entire DNC to the point where those loosely affiliated with it, those who thought they were Democrats, they left. They saw the underbelly of this beast and they hightailed it the hell out of there. They said, ah, I'm going to go over to Trump's big tent because you people are freaking nuts. And guess what? Now this ideological divide, which we talked about during the primaries has seeped its way into the public forum. Now you've got Nancy Pelosi clashing with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now you have Rashida Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar, who married her biological brother, who's out there basically taking on causes like transgender males, powerlifting in women's leagues, She's basically backing them. She's backing the McDonald's employee who thinks that they're being marginalized because the CEO makes more money. You know what, Mr. Fry Technician, the moment you fly to multiple locations and basically oversee a global brand, then we will think about you and your $15 an hour salary. But the left is on full display with their nuttiness and it should be shown to the world that this is what your party is. And this Green New Deal is just a nail in the coffin for America. They want America's expiration date to be 2030. Take that to the bank because that's what they're going to do. They're going to take you to the cleaners on it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in.